Hey everybody, welcome to not only not not just another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. This is episode 250. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you get the the special horns. Amazing. Wow. Oh, Unbelievable. Man. I, I can't believe that this is a thing. My my wife has recently started um listening to a podcast that's it, the podcast name doesn't matter. It's just another podcast and she's really into it and she's going back and listening to back episodes talking about how they started in like 2017 or 2018. I was like, wow, those guys have so much to learn. Yes. They may have many more followers than us. They may have uh, monetized their podcast. They may have more listeners, but they have so much to learn so much catching up to do. I, the question is, is if they didn't have the followers, if they didn't, if they weren't able to monetize, would they have lasted as long as this pod has? And I would say, no, we, uh, we do this, we clearly do this for the for the love of the game. Love of the game. I just love the audio format. Big fan of audio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. There it is. Uh, Two fifty, and we're good at this. You can tell. Yeah, it's still 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 plugging out the the fantastic content. Absolutely. A lot of good banter. <laughs> uh, I I actually did something special for two fifty. Uh, the desk here, I've had, since the beginning of the pandemic, all of my monitors on encyclopedias, dictionaries, the thickest books I could find. This week, I uh, I got those cool arm things that hold the monitors from the Ooh. back of the desk. Yeah, so now I look, uh, you know, like I, I don't know, work for NASA or something in my own home. <laughs> or, yeah. Or you're, I, you've turned your home into your uh, your office. So I don't I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm I'm gonna say it anyway. I was at Super Producer's Cl- Super Producer Cliff's house, and um, he had one of those things that you put your laptop in, and so it kind of props up your laptop, so your, uh-huh. your laptop screen like is really stand. high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's kind of on an angle, and I was like, oh my god, I need to get one of these. And I mean, that was three months ago, and I haven't got one, and I'm not going to. But I actually really also nice. got that. So the laptop also used to sit on encyclopedias. It now has like one of those tilty stands plus a double arm monitor holder. It's it's a lot. It really makes me feel like I might work from home forever, which is a yeah, sad. Uh, that's yeah. yep. It really cleans up the desk, but it's really a sad <laughs> uh, a sad move. Really, uh, lots of flexes with the encyclopedias though. Just casually dropping in the encyclopedias <laughs> that you have at home. Yeah. Well, you only need one I, encyclopedia to really stack up if you have a true encyclopedia series. I mean, that's a good point. It's it was all just part of the single encyclopedia. Great point. Great point. Uh, I'm Dan Trader. I'm in Portland, Oregon. Did I say that? I have no idea. Ryan Palmer is also in Portland. Um, I was hoping that you were going to kick it to Mike because he has a really good story that I wanted to piggyback off of. So kick it to Mike, Mike. Samuelson. Mike Samuelson's in Minneapolis. I, I've got I've got two stories. Um, so this, I think, is going to the, the tenor of this podcast is going to be sad. Um, spoiler alert, because of the U.S. men's national team losing tonight. But really, from a strictly soccer perspective, that was only the second most pathetic uh, display of soccer I saw today. The first uh, and by far the most pathetic uh, was Minnesota United uh, at home against Colorado Rapids 
up one nothing, uh, and then up a man. The Rapids get a red in the 57th minute. Ryan, what would you guess the score would be at the end of that game? Team is up, up a, one... a goal and a man with 33 minutes to play. I would say it ends without knowing the actual score. I I would say it ends at least two zero to Minnesota United, up a goal, up a man. At you, least you, you would think that. And um, if you were a listener of the pod, George Robbins, you would say, "Man, if we only win one nothing, I'm going to be very disappointed." And then they <laughs> lost three to one, and I laugh about it because I. I'm trying to kind of like Minnesota United, but honestly, my heart's not in it. I just go to hang out with friends, and, and I like watching soccer, and it was a beautiful day today, and I also got to see Jeff Swick, another listener of the pod. But I, I, I don't have particular love for this team, but God damn, that was absolutely pathetic. It was so pathetic. Um, so at least, at least the, the other game we'll talk about more wasn't so bad. A performance like this might actually – make you love this team more because they're very similar to it feels like a dc united result to be honest oof i mean the thing about dc united that that you have to respect is they know how to take a loss and (laughs) and and i don't think they ever would have put themselves in this kind of position where they would be up a man and a player lose um i mean dc united is actually decent this year but in in past years i just think they they just would have been down already did uh, Minnesota United's keeper kick the ball into the stands? No, to end the game. No, there was a he. He had a little bit of not totally his fault. He had a little bit of a gaff on the last goal where he came out uh, to try to get the ball and and just totally missed it. And then I mean, at that point, Colorado just the, the keeper's got to just be so frustrated. They're already losing. Last goal. Who yeah. cares? Well, the keeper also did give away a penalty, so not he didn't cover Ooh. himself in glory by any means. Not great. Not great. Not great. Rough. All right. Story number one. Story number two. Oh, story two. Uh, spent, I spent about an hour in a high school classroom talking to students, and um, I'm just so grateful that uh, I don't have to do that every day. And even more <laughs> thankful for people like Ryan Palmer and Ryan Palmer himself especially, who, who educates our young people. I mean, just my God. It was so not what I want to be for doing. everything yeah. you do. All right. Yeah. Uh, so actually it's funny that you mentioned this, Mike, because this year in particular, given the pandemic and coming back from distance learning has been a little bit difficult. The students have been hard to kind of, uh, break out of their shell. Usually you get their personalities a little bit more before, um, before this time, like this, this part of the year, you see the personalities shine a little bit more, but I, uh, started my, I finished my last week of work before going on my paternity leave here. And this year has been tough. It's been hard to kind of like have the kids shine through a little bit more. Um, and of course, uh, the week before I leave for paternity leave, my students, there must be something in the air. We're like, I love this class. This is my favorite class. This class is so much fun. They like engaged with each other. Um, and I was kind of like, you know, I didn't do anything different, uh, other than I'm leaving and it's a little bit like you, uh, don't know what you got till it's gone. And it was like, why did you have to do it this week? Why couldn't you guys just been normal assholes? (laughs) 
Don't it always seem to well, go? Now you'll you be know? excited when you when you get to come back instead of being sad. I know. I mean, you're probably my fear sad, is so. my fear is that uh, the sub that they get um, is going to be better than me, and they're going to be really pissed when I come back. So I, I would be <laughs> legitimately shocked if that is the case. And take it takes it, a lot. That's to just the normal me, fear. Isn't that the normal fear? Like every time I go on vacation, I worry that they're going to find out they don't need me and it's fine when I'm gone. Right. And that I'll just come back and they'll be like, you know what? Actually, it's fine. <laughs> Things were actually working better without you. Turns out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's excellent. Excellent. So our warm up today, because I think we need it to kind of get in the groove here. Uh, we'll, we're just going to go around and rank from 250. <laughs> Uh, starting with our best, I think we shouldn't start with the worst. Our our favorite to least favorite episodes. I'm going to go first because I want the first pick. Crossover pod with recreational thinking, the trivia oh, podcast. Hands was down. hands down number one. one. Come on, uh, I, for me, it's the the uh, unanimous. Got to be number one. Palmer, what's um, number two? Give me any episode where we had an emergency uh, cleansy out moment. Which were there were like at least ten of them. I like that. I like that. It's very good. And one official cleansy out. Yeah, as yeah there was an actual emergency Which, podcast. I, I don't think I, I was on. I think I had to pretend I was taking a nap during a family vacation to go listen to the <laughs> emergency cleansy out podcast. <laughs> oh no, this I was in out. Chicago. I I remember record. This is like peek behind the curtain. I remember recording that. I was in my old apartment in Chicago. I remember recording that. Late at night, I stayed up late on a school night to do that. It's an emergency, emergency podcast. You got emergencies to. Emergencies are emergencies. Uh, I love a, I love an in-person pod. We don't get a lot of those. I think we may have only had two pods where we're all in person. Uh, one was the first ever pod, which was great. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's I, that, was it. I'm scared. I mean, that must exist. Could you go back and listen to that? I bet. I mean, I bet our audio great. is better than most of our pods, to be honest, because there's only one track. Could be. But then I think be. that that pod was probably two hours long. Yep. It, and we talked Collins about basement. every every single, possibly every single Premier League game, yeah. where we just previewed the. I'm gonna, tr- I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and listen to that tomorrow. I've I've got some some Good house luck. cleaning things to do. Um, I imagine Robert J would have some notes. Oh yeah. A lot of laughs, but that's not that's not even my pick. My pick is the Las Vegas live pod with you know many of our loyal yeah. loyal listeners and yeah. friends. That was great, very fun. Oh man! All right, there's your top three. We'll we'll cut it there. Lovely times. Uh, Two hundred and fifty episodes. That's like eight hundred hours of uh, this of just this. Yeah, just garbage. It's unbelievable, it, man. We should we should um. What is it when they uh, uh, like director's commentary? We we really should go back and just listen to like a random pod from you know 2018 <laughs> and then talk about it at some point. That's what we should have done the in best. the pandemic instead of watching recap our own pods. The the thing about what we should do is release a director's commentary uh, version of a pod because the director's commentary is just the director speaking over the movie yep. as the movie is playing, and it would just be terrible. Which would be like our pod brand. There'd just be, except eight of us instead of four. Yeah. And you can't you can't tell what part is the original and what part is the dub. Uh, uh, this is it, this entire project ranks certainly up there with uh, the greatest works of my life. So thank you guys uh, for doing it with me. It's really special. 
in all honesty. Uh, I love you guys, and I love the people that listen and get back at us. It's really, yeah. it's a lot of fun, and that's the only reason we're here. Yep, truly, hundred percent. Love you guys, man. In terms of actually things I've created, and I'm not much of a creator, so this is, I would say, this is clear number one. Dan, I mean, yeah. I've, I've seen some of the things that Dan makes, you know, with his hands, woodworking and shit like that. So, Palmer, I think you're a little closer to me, but you've probably made some stuff too. You're making, you're making yeah. minds. You're making, you're shaping young minds. Yeah. yeah. Boy, I hope they turn out all right. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, that was really nice. Let's get into some stuff that's not so nice. Uh, we did want to mention, Spencer, thank you for the email. It really, really cuts into every single thing that we're going to talk about. So we're just going to sample it as we go instead of, instead of giving you the, the direct email uh, read. We are in the second World Cup qualifying window for CONCACAF, the October window. The United States uh, has played two of their three games. They won 2-0 in Austin against Jamaica. And then today they went to Panama and lost 1-0 uh, in Panama. Mm. So we're going to talk about those things. We have tried to do previously something like 20 questions around U.S. men's national team games or camps or whatever. We're going to try that again here. I don't know if it's exactly 20, but we're going to add some structure by asking questions and then giving them to people. And we'll see where that discussion goes. Uh, Mike, Jamaica in Austin, 2-0 win. This is coming after the first window where there were big question marks around uh, the team, around Greg. Wes was uh, a naughty boy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, We just come in. It felt like kind of a just the expected workmanlike result. What made the Jamaica game better than the previous window, Mike? Come on, you fighting peppies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, having having Pepe in the, Pepe in there was good. I mean, I would say honestly, what made the Jamaica game better was playing against Jamaica, playing against a team that, I mean, from from everything we can tell, it's no love. I from love everything it, we but... can tell. Jamaica as a, a team and a federation is kind of in chaos. Um, but I will say, so things that I liked about this game, so. What the U.S. cannot do, this will probably be a theme of me just saying this over and over tonight, we cannot break a team down. Once a team gets settled in their defensive shape, we are fucking hopeless. So what do we do in this game? We really try and push the ball up the field very quickly and try and catch people kind of in transition. And that's how definitely our first goal, you know, the first goal, the ball comes out from Turner, goes to Dest, Dest speeds up the field, pass it to Musa, Musa speeds more up the field, gives it back to Dest, cross goal you know probably from turner to in the back of the net is like 15 seconds if that second i mean if if that like they talk about route one football which is just like kick and chase right if if that's route one this is definitely route 1.5 right the speed up the field but break up yeah Yeah. it's it's a more you know controlled route you know it's not just hoofing it up and chasing it so you know that's that's fine I, i like that i'm that's a perfectly good tactic we have guys who are fast and athletic and young and should be able to get up and down the field and the second goal we kind of pass the ball up the field very quickly Adams had a great pass gets it into I think Robinson slides it in behind for Aronson cross the Pepe so so that was that was good I mean that it seems like there was some kind of game plan there it's not the most uh like sexy tactics of just moving up the field really fast but I don't know. It it seemed to work. So I will say that was definitely an improvement. And I I will say I also loved uh, Weston's Corella Deville hair. <laughs> yeah. 
I wondered, is he slowly taking... This is not question number two. Is he slowly taking over Zardis's look like one bit <laughs> patch of hair at a time? We'll just have to see. We'll see you on Wednesday. Have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, so, Palmer, 2-0 win against Jamaica. How good is this result then? Um, all right. So, I'm going to try to shine a little bit of sunshine on this result. I'm going to get rid of a little recency bias. Um, because I watched this game uh, in, to reference um, Spencer's email. Just what you need to do is watch these games on mute. I know Colin has been saying this for years. Um, I watched this game at like 4 o'clock in the morning on mute, uh, feeding a baby. And I thought we looked pretty good. Um, I thought that, you know, for all that Mike says that we like can't break a team down, I didn't think Jamaica had any really clear-cut opportunities. Um, they had one like on a corner, fair. Um, but I think that we controlled the game, we controlled possession, uh, and ultimately the goal is to get three points in um, home games. Don't lose your home games. Um, and well, we'll talk about what happens when you go away. You should at least get a point. But you know, this is a good result. We won two-zero. Didn't give up a goal. Uh, we beat a team that we should be beating. And, you know, Pepe looks like he has uh, just an, an insanely bright future with, with the U.S., um, possibly the next Bobby Wood. So, <laughs> uh, Did you see, by the way, that um, I saw this on Twitter. Bobby Wood, uh, he's now signed for Real Salt Lake but was playing for their second division team. And he got subbed out yep. for like a, a 13-year-old, 13-year-old, like the youngest yeah youngest guy ever to play pro soccer in the u.s and i just thought yep. wow what a my what how a career the mighty has fallen yep 13 year old on that freddie adu track really great <laughs> for him uh palmer next question did jamaica give you any confidence then i mean we turn around we play well you're saying uh does it give you confidence in this team in this coach any like all right now we know what we're doing like we're going to be all right. Anything well, in that realm? So I think that if if you look at from the second half of, what was it, Honduras, when we won uh, well, 4-1 away from yeah, Honduras. Yeah, the second half. Right, yeah. in the second half. Yeah. And we came out, and everything was much more direct, right? That's this kind of like, I'm going to call it route one and a half, uh, or 1.5. <laughs> it felt like that was tactically the plan and they looked really good when we did that um you know whenever matt turner had the ball in his hands it was out of his hands if he ever collected the ball uh it was a quick distribution get it up the field get into a dangerous position and create an opportunity um and that looked great and i was like this is the style of football that you know, I can get, I can get on board with, cause maybe that's going to give up. Maybe we'll, we'll score more goals, whatever. We tend to wait until the second half to do that. Um, but I was, I was, I, I was encouraged by both of, both of the halves in that we controlled, um, the game, but you know, obviously we, we went, we have the next game that we have to talk about. So, you know, I, it did give me confidence. It felt as though like there was a kind of turning of the page um to 
a style of football that, that might be more exciting, maybe a little bit more open, uh, and vertical. Yeah. Vertical, uh, and an opportunity to kind of, you know, have players, uh, the talent shine where, where they should be shining, right? Like Dest was able to kind of have one-on-one moments. Musa getting into the box was amazing. Um, there were moments where it was just like this. This is the team. We have some. We have some talent. Uh, we could do some. Some. Some good things. And maybe the the previous window was. Uh, we're past the previous window. So. Uh. So I joke about vertical. Uh. The the like catchword that Greg used so much over the last month was verticality. Uh. To the point that it felt like it lost meaning, and it was just a word. Like it was. It was just like synergy or like one of those yeah, words to business, him. It was business like, speak. He heard it. It was yeah. a it was a word of the day in his calendar and he just never turned the He just calendar. kept underlining <laughs> it. Vertical. Vertical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we got it in Jamaica and it worked. Uh, Mike, I've, I think I've asked this question in two different ways now. But to me, it comes down to actually... Was this result any better than what we should have expected? Like 2-0 at home to Jamaica, that kind of feels like a neutral result. Should we actually take much from that? I mean, I certainly did not at the time. I thought our first half was pretty poor. Uh, it felt very much like first half or, or periods of play that we've had as this team in a long time where we just looked very inept, don't have a clear plan. Second half was better. Uh, 2-0 as a result, I think, was you know probably a fair result. But like Jamaica, they had a lot of half chances, and I just didn't think we looked great. So I I feel like Mike, you're you are I mean you're notoriously positive. So like I just, just I want to ask keep Dan it real, this. Ryan. is is Mike is Mike being too harsh? Like I felt like we were. We were okay. Zero zero at halftime, fine. Like Jamaica's not great. They're really not good. But zero zero at halftime, I mean But it, it to me it felt comfortable. Even the first half, even though we didn't score, it didn't feel like the game was out of hand. Right. So I think for me it wasn't that I was so happy with this result, but it just felt like okay, like we should be good enough to win these games. And if we can just play as well as we should in this octagonal round will be fine and this is as well as we should play so it was just like the relief almost or the comfort that like all right we're this looks fine this looks fine. i mean i right i think what what didn't give me a lot of confidence is by all you know after three games in, in the first round we we're like all right jamaica seems to be the worst team so jamaica at home should be your easiest game of the round and to me and i know we're missing some players but we were not bossing this game, and I know these guys are young. A lot of these guys are just, you know, still coming into their own. But, like, to me, it, if, if you're not bossing the worst team at home, it just means the whole thing's going to be a slog, which I get. Maybe that's just what World Cup qualifying is. But to me, and and the result tonight kind of bears it out, is, like, you know, all of, all of the games that we play kind of feel like a little bit of a coin flip. Not 50-50. But, you know, maybe every game is just 60-40. I wouldn't say that we weren't, I mean, we weren't bossing the game, but we weren't not bossing the game, right? Like like Dan said, it was it was comfortable. It, 
I never felt as though Jamaica was going to get a goal and be able to shut it down and we weren't going to win this game. I, it was never like a, I don't know. I, I just, I think that, I think that it was, you're being too harsh on just this game, right? Like if we, if we take this game and we didn't have, we don't have the, the other data point that is Panama. Um, but this game, it just didn't feel like I read your email the other day and I was just like, it didn't feel that maybe I don't, maybe it's cause it was on mute. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> staring at a baby and hoping that she finished her bottle um so you've got that hope you've got that hope there see yeah right the u.s men's national team went two nil and the baby finishes the bottle and yeah it's all, all positive good. it's all I positive mean, that's a good morning that's a good <laughs> four four a.m to five a.m hour uh all right that's jamaica it is what it is we get three points from it uh somewhere between neutral with a thumbs up to neutral with a thumb sideways or something like that uh, fine. We get our three points. Three days later, we go to Panama, lose one nil. Palmer, what made this game worse? Uh, one didn't know the start time. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, that was not good for this game. True. Uh, so I missed the first thirty-five minutes, and it sounded like the U.S. didn't know that this game started early too. So, um, you know, one-zero loss, like. The, the key to this is you win your home games and you draw, draw away, right? And it, in the first half, especially um, even in the second half, it felt as though Greg was set up to do just that. Win home, draw away. No need to have any attacking. Uh, let's, you know, for all of the ball that went forward in the first game, there was not a lot of ball that going forward in the second game. And that felt as though maybe that was a tactical decision on Greg's part. We get away 0-0. Uh, we'll come away with a draw. Uh, we'll get that point. And that's what we need to, to qualify for the World Cup. Um, tons of changes, right? So I don't... Seven. I don't. That's a lot of changes. Uh, I don't know if it's... If it's... Like, the, the field looked like shit. Conca-Cafe, right? Um, the general play was very Concacafy. Uh, we have seven changes in this, um, and we have these weird tactical changes as well. I don't know what to think of this game. It, I, I honestly don't know what to think of this game. I, For I think I think everyone is probably like, burn it all down. We fucking suck. Uh, but I don't know what I don't know what to think about this game. To be honest with you, I mean I I think your point about setting up for a draw. And I, I get sometimes you do that. And and maybe that's fine because if you set up for a draw and then you lose, that's a one-point dropped. If you're at home and you set up for a win and you draw, you're dropping two points. So just mathematically, right. it's okay to do worse on the road. You got to win your home games. That's the most important thing. So if Greg's like, you know what? Fuck it. If we can get a point in Panama, great. We, re- we really got to win at home against Costa Rica. Then so be it. But just rotate everybody out. Make sure people are fresh. Yep. It's a rotation. Yep. But yeah. but then to me, it's like now one, you have to fucking win in Costa Rica or the next game in Costa Rica. Um, but also yeah. like, why are you throwing in, you know, Tyler Adams at halftime and Aronson at halftime? Mm-hmm. Like it, it kind of felt like hedging your bets. And especially at that point, it was still zero zero. It was like, all right, well, if you want to draw, 
like why not just keep playing for that draw i didn't i didn't really understand that yeah did anyone impress mike um man i mean there's a lot of guys who didn't impress but we we won't we won't go through that i mean i, I would say like when adams came in he was a player who showed more urgency just in mm-hmm. playing the ball quickly and progressing the ball than I think anyone else on the field. But, you know, I, I think we already know Adams is a good player. Um, you know, this, this game isn't going to change anyone's opinion of Tyler Adams. And, yeah, other than that, I mean, it was a lot of it, – it was kind of one of those games, I think, to your point, Palmer, where you just look at it and you're like, everyone looks pretty bad. And, it's, yeah. I mean, there were guys – for me, who looked worse. Like, I thought both Shaq Moore and, and Bello did not look great. Moore in particular, I thought, like, he just kept getting the ball and just whipping in crosses one-on-four. It's like, what? Or just, or having, like, a like a dribbling touch that was just way too far ahead of him and losing the ball immediately. Yeah. Like, it was just weird. Yeah, I mean, I... Th- I, I have... Go ahead, Mike. I, I was just going to say, like, I, I, don't, I don't think Legette looked particularly good. Like, um, nope. I don't think our center backs looked I, – I mean, no, nobody looked nobody looked good. Maybe there are some people who looked less good. But, I mean, the front three in some ways, like, didn't look particularly bad because they just never touched the ball. Um, that, to, that, to me, is concerning. Like, the fact that, like, players like Bello and Legette, uh, Acosta, I think, didn't look great. Um those are the players those are the kind of the role players that you're like all right we need you to the, this game is going to get concacafy you are going to be our concacafy game players that you know like the Kyle Beckermans right that are just going to do the cage the, fighters the yeah, yeah. workers yeah exactly and if those guys don't look good uh in those situations then that's a little concerning right um this- i i have a question for Dan um do so one do you agree does it did it look like we set up to just get a road point um and two if yes uh is this the right tactical decision is this what greg is thinking uh and is this the right tactical decision or should we be playing to win these games and just like you know, Did someone say qualify the games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Panama is well, before this game by ELO rankings was 62nd in the world. So it's always hard to go away in CONCACAF, but this is not a team that's like, you know, top 30 or whatever. Um, not I, you, you have to believe that you can go and win this game. Mm-hmm. It did feel like they were set up to draw um and that it just never there was never a gear like we never kicked into any motion that felt like we were going to go win right and when the whole thing feels like that i tend to i mean i don't think anyone will be surprised by this but i blame the manager for that because if the entire team just isn't up for it then the message isn't there or the plan isn't there or the like Something. That's the manager's job, to get those guys to come out of the locker room and go play a, a game of soccer. Mm-hmm. And if they're not there to do that, or if he's saying, like, let's get the draw, which seems like a a bad thing to tell a group of professional soccer players that are paid a lot of money to win soccer games, then that's on the coaching staff, I think. Yeah. 
Um, and I just don't. And to your point, that I do think Greg obviously has a plan for this window, and it includes rotation because you know most of these guys can't play 270 minutes in seven days or whatever it is. So especially in that case, you can take a group of seven guys, seven changes. You can take them off to the side and drill stuff specifically for this game, have specific conversations with them about how it's going to be, about what their job is, what their role is in this window, right? Like you can really build this up for them. And it just didn't look like there was any, there was none of that kind of like intention uh, out of the team in general. And so that always just points back to me like, well, then why isn't the coaching staff getting these guys ready to play? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike, how bad is this result? I mean, kind of getting back to the point I was saying earlier, I mean, we've, we've dropped a point from kind of what we would hope for, you know, so a point loss is never good. I mean, we're still in second place, same as we were going to this game. Um, but the you know the the standings are tight now. It's it's U.S. on eight points in second place, El Salvador on five points in sixth place. So you know the difference between second and sixth is is a win basically. So yeah, I mean it's it's only a point loss. It's still early. Uh, you know I'm I'm not a believer that because we've dropped this, we're suddenly in a lot more danger than we were before. You you're probably going to lose away games in Concacaf. Um, I think it's more the performance than the result that's worrying. I really wanted you to talk about the ELO uh, points gained lost. Do it. I, I mean, okay, so we've kind of we've kind of had this, explain this to me. We kind of had this this working theory. So ELO is just a, a way of of measuring how good a team is, and every game, every result, you get negative points or positive points based on how you did. And this this result got the U.S. negative thirty points. Uh, which is the second worst result of any game in the Ocho. But I think that that feels actually a little bit harsh. I mean, losing 1-0 away to Panama, um, which is a, a team that's that's played toe-to-toe with Mexico, that's, you know, gotten gotten points against, you know, other decent CONCACAF teams, that's beaten Jamaica on the road. Seems like they're a pretty competent team. And I feel like maybe Elo Wait, is how, not caught up. But, yeah. I mean, how, is that, how is that – how is that number – it's just uh, math. It's just math. It puts, you know, measures. He says it as if that means it's magic. I mean, it's. I, I, I want to know how they get I looked this at the number. formula at some point. It's you know numbers okay. and division signs, okay. and it, it's basically yeah, yeah, like yeah. Right. how good is one team? How good is the other team? What's the result? Was it home and away? What's the competition? What was the score? Throw it all in a black okay. box. Do some math. You get a number. Because if, the the U.S. So just for. Um, just for comparison reasons, right? The U.S. beat Honduras, who's not good, right? Uh, they beat Honduras four to one. Um, in Honduras. In Honduras, right? And that equated to a positive twenty-two points for the U.S. in this ELO uh, right. ranking system, right? Um, so, as almost as important was that win as as bad that loss to Panama was, right? Yeah. Um and so obviously I'm I'm I don't like stats very much. Um and t- so And to me like winning away at Honduras is better is further from average than losing away to Panama. 
Like that's a lot harder right. to do. I mean, maybe this isn't a vintage Honduras team, but I don't know. I still think that's I, that's it's hard yeah, to and, win away in Concacaf as much as we want. And nine losing from all these windows is one. It's a one zero loss too. It wasn't like we got just we. It wasn't like we got killed, right? Yeah. It wasn't like we gave up a ton of goals. Um, so I don't know. I guess I, my main issue is that uh, ELO is is a guy's name and not um, an acronym. But that is, yeah, that's a good point. Big, big <laughs> we issue. Could, we could do there. a backronym. We'll come up with a backronym and share it on the next pod. <laughs> okay. Um, for reference, the home draw with Canada was negative twelve points. The away right. loss uh, today was negative thirty. So and it's does that you change? know like. Does that change based off of Canada's results? I mean, Canada just had a really great result no. against Mexico. That's a, a an away no, draw. No, it doesn't. You it, don't get a like historical. A like, oh, that was actually better yeah. than we right. thought it was. It's not a backward looking. Yeah. It's only Palmer. Yeah, there's enough uh, math as so, it is. Okay, you're trying to add so much more math. <laughs> what are you doing? I like it. I like it. We could have we could have the Palmer um, uh, scoring system that's just just always moving so, parts. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give my, myself a question. Why didn't we adapt our that adapt our corner kick defending strategy to their obvious corner kicking uh, offensive Dan, strategy? What, what was their We're, obvious corner kicking offensive strategy? They they drove balls into the one yard box. That's not a thing, but like right at Matt Turner multiple times, and he flapped at him twice. And then on the third one, Jossie Zardis who was zonally marking exactly, exactly where he was told by the coaching staff to mark. He was marking the space about four or five yards away from goal. And Panama just decided to swing all the balls between the goal and our last line of defense. Uh, and so Zardis right. goes to attack this ball, and he, he knocks it into our own net. So it's like, it's pretty clear what they're doing. Let's just move those guys back to two yards out instead of yeah. four yards out. Or yeah. let's like... Like there's just no ability to adapt and set pieces away and concrete. They were talking about this in the post game, right? Like it's always going to be a hard game. The least you can do is be competitive on set pieces and to give up this goal is just, it's, it's terrible. I had, I literally had the same thought, not this whole strategy thing. When this goal went in, I was like, huh, I feel like he probably should have been in a better position. Yeah. You don't want to be driving at your own goal to head a corner away. That's right. not like the angles are not good right. in that yeah. case. Uh, so why didn't we adapt our to their corner kick strategy? Uh, obviously, it's because the coaching staff is rubbish. <laughs> That's why. Uh, the next question I have is for Palmer: Do you blame the players or the coach? <laughs> I mean, uh, I so I need to, we need to pump the brakes on. Uh, on the, the sky is falling. The sky is not falling. We are in second place. I know Mike already went through this, like the difference between second place and, and sixth it, place. It is, might not be falling, win, but right? I'm looking up and it, it looks closer than it looked yesterday. Yeah. It, Here, it's a Manchester sky. It is. The sky is, is very right close there. to the ground. It's right there. This is, this is recency, right? It's a leads. It's a leads. It's the same. It's the same shouts to keep. This is the same, uh, kind of reaction that we had when we drew our first two games in the last cycle and it was this and is over greg listened and, and greg yep and we got a reaction out of our well, team no so i i think this is actually different tonight's game i think in those games against canada and el salvador we created more chances 
we did not have a single shot on goal this game. Oof, so that's, that's yeah. is that a real stat? Uh, that is a real stat according <laughs> to SofaScore. Wow! So that's more, that's more not than good. the Elo is a stat. That's that's not good. It might even be bad. I'm not sure. We're still checking there's, if that's bad or not. But I think there's this, there's less math involved in that. There's stat. a lot less math. <laughs> so I mean, on, I don't want to get too dramatic because the stakes were obviously much much lower. But this game had kind of echoes of of the Trinidad game in the sense that like we needed a goal mm-hmm. and we looked yep. so far from ever getting one. We never yep. looked like we were yeah, ever going to get close. And so that yep. to me is a really big concern. Like you can, you know, set piece goals happen, you know, a way to CONCACAF is tough, blah, 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 blah. But to me, and you know, we rotated seven players out, blah, 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 blah. You know, there's a million asterisks here, but it's just like, yeah, right. we just never seemed like we were even close to winning this game. And that was a big concern for me. And fortunately, I mean, unlike after the, the Trinidad game, when I was by myself in a hotel room, in this case, I was with my wife and we watched Sopranos, and I'm feeling a lot better now. But it was, man, after that game, I was I was not happy. This, the Sopranos were uplifting? Yeah, I love those guys. Jesus Christ. You might be in a bad place. Are you kidding me? Is... <laughs> just like watching like hey. Silvio just do his little like facial expressions. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, uh, the so I I want I actually I want to address this because I think Mike, you are making a very good point. Um, but I also think there are a ton of asterisks in this game. If it comes down to a we need a goal, we need a result, right? Uh, and there were a lot of players, the, the rotation, seven ro- rotated players out of this, um, you know, Polisic obviously not on this be- due to injury, throw another asterisk into that. Uh, some players were not allowed to travel and Anthony Robinson, who I thought has been mm-hmm. really been good, good, uh, in the last two games. And I think would have made a difference in this game if he was able to play and travel because of travel restrictions between England and, and, um, COVID and, and things like that, right? Um, if it comes down to a game where we need to score, right? Uh, are you worried, or yes. do we have that much? Do, do we have that much rotation though? There's so many if, asterisks that go into but, this game. But if, if that like if we need to score, how are we going to score? If if you're like, all right, we need to get a goal. All right, what is our what's our plan? We don't have a plan. Our only plan that seemed to work is counter, press, get the ball up the field really quickly. But if a team is just sitting back, I, I mean, so Dan's next question, I'm just going to skip ahead, was how much did we miss Pulisic, Weston, Brooks, blah, blah, blah. To me, it's like none of those guys have shown that they can lead this team out of the doldrums, really. I, I mean, yeah. you know. I mean, maybe that's we are we are standing on the shoulders of the giant that is Pepe, right now. <laughs> an eighteen-year-old striker, right? He's the only one that's scoring for us. Yeah, two uh, two big goals in the last game, uh, two big goals to get us started against Honduras, uh, you know, or th- what? One goal to get us started against Honduras, but um, yeah, no, your point is well taken. So yeah, I'm I'm fucking worried. I'm worried out here, but it's, that's my job. That's what I do. I'm a worrier. <laughs> Just go, just go watch some more uplifting Sopranos. It's great. Yeah, it's great. AJ's being That'll a make AJ's being better. a real prick right now. I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> so you don't, you don't think that Pulisic, Weston, 
Brooks's passing, none of that would have changed this game. I mean, I just I look back at like the El Salvador game, and again, I you know we had those guys. Did, did like Geo or, or Pulisic like were we just yeah Reyna we have were we like a terror yeah. all of a sudden because our players are better like I don't know I I don't think so I think we were better than this game but um but still not great yeah mm. unused tools yeah <laughs> uh all right so there we go we've got another game coming up uh Dan loves to call a soccer player a tool just loves just, it. Just tools. They're all tools. <laughs> Palmer, we, we play Costa Rica in somewhere. Columbus. Columbus. Mm-hmm. Dos yep. Acero. Yep. What do you want to see, uh, not result-wise, because that'll be the next question, but in terms of like on the pitch or players getting starts, what specifics do you want to see against Costa Rica? I mean, I think to, to Mike's point is – some sort of tactical shift where we can break a team down uh, and create chances. I don't, I would also like to see a goal scored in the first half um, yes. of, of a game. I, I was texting my brother um, earlier and everything was very tongue in cheek because he was complaining about the same things that we were complaining about now. Um, and he was like, you know, we look like we have no plan. Uh, uh like, why are we 0-0 against Panama in the first half? We haven't scored in the first half in, like, whatever, like 70 games, games or whatever. Um, and I was like, you know, draw on the road, qualify for the World Cup, don't get greedy, like, we don't need to win 5-0. Um, but I would like to see us be a little bit more tacking. Uh, if If verticality was the uh the word that um greg continued to underline and use then like where was that in this game and how do we bring it back next game right like let's see a change um so yeah that's what i would like to see mike yeah i mean i i I just i need to see i need to see some coherent attacking uh and it would be lovely to see us break a team down or show some way that we're going to create chances. Cause we know Costa Rica, when we're hosting them, they're going to sit deep. Like that's, that's been their MO. Mm-hmm. I haven't, haven't watched them in this cycle, but I imagine they're going to sit back with, you know, nine guys behind the ball for most of the game. So yeah, I mean, hopefully we, uh, we've been planning for that and we've got some ways to, to attack and we won't have those, you know, excuses of, weather or field condition or whatever. I mean, it's a brand new stadium. It's at home. So does Greg learn anything from game to game? I mean, we're talking about these things, the verticality from the Jamaica game, Panama, uh, you know, who looked good, who didn't, whatever. And going all the way back to last window, there was like just a wild swing in performance and results and, does any of this actually lead into the next game or is everything just a separate experiment? But that, I mean, I, I think everything is a separate experiment because think about the starting 11 in the, uh, the Honduras game, right? Like he came out with that knowing that we had to walk away with three points in that game. 
anything less than three points in that game was an abject failure of an international window, right? You walk away, if you draw that, you're coming away with three points, and now it's like legit sky falling. Yeah. Uh, and he comes out with this insanely experimental lineup that everyone is like, what is going on, right? And he ended, ended up having to make changes at halftime, and to, to his credit, he made the correct changes, but the changes that he made at halftime were like, this is the place that these are the players that needed to play in the positions that they should have been playing and look what happened. Right. So everything seems to be like this experiment to, and then you take the next data point where it's Jamaica and it's like a completely different, like we're going to distribute the ball really, really quickly. And we're going to get up the field. That's going to be route 1.5. Right. And then today it was back to the old normal. Let's, let's see if we can, uh, you know, to be fair, that there's a ton of asterisks in that game, but the tactics were insanely different than than what they were against Jamaica, right? So everything seems to be like in there's this, no like stability in the yeah. program. I mean, it's like a compartmentalization, and like every game is different. But you know, to Mike's point, there's there's no co- coherent like understanding of what we need to do. Yeah. I mean, I, so I'm I'm going to give Greg a little bit of slack here. Uh, or maybe point out some things we haven't talked about, which is probably going to surprise everyone. But, like, Greg did not play (laughs) Serginho Dest in this game, which I think was a good idea. Dest looked really bad away in El Salvador. And I think Greg's like, this is a guy who likes a nice, clean surface for him to do his little tricks, and you're not going to find that away (laughs) in CONCACAF. So he didn't play him there. I think we're seeing more rotation this this, uh, cycle than we did last. So maybe that's... That's learning something. But I will say that what we're not seeing is like steady improvement or even like, I mean, maybe there's just going to be a game where it just clicks and we're going to beat Costa Rica seven, nothing. And we're going to say like, Whoa, all that stuff that didn't seem to be working. Now it's now it's working, but there doesn't seem to be like, we're going from game to game and doing anything particularly better than the game we did before. Yeah. So given that, given where we are, you know, what we want to see versus Costa Rica, you guys already said, but what is the kind of minimum acceptable result then? I assume it's three points. It's got to be three I points. Mean the, it's got to be. I feel like the the game last cycle, last World Cup qualifying cycle, where we really were like, uh-oh, we're in trouble, was when we lost at home to Costa Rica. That was like things were kind of going yeah. well. You know, Arena got it appointed and I'm, we beat Honduras like six nothing at home or something and started to get some points they're like okay you know the tough start but you know we're, we're back on track and then it was like we lost that game at home and it was like uh-oh like actually I think we are we're in we're in the shit here we're gonna be like really fighting and so in part because of that but just also where obviously where the team's at right now like we, we gotta get three points and it's not like if we if we don't we're not going to qualify, but then I'm I'm legit really, really worried. If we get three points, I'm just the same level of worried I am right now, which is pretty high. But this is this is the sixth game of 14. So it's not like it's like this is the middle. This is like almost right in the middle. This is not early doors yeah. results. But yeah. Uh, OK, so so can I do like a quick tangent was I don't know if you guys saw the, the Landon Donovan like interview. Look, for 249 episodes, we have not allowed that. I don't know why we would start. <laughs> well, we're, we're, turning page. we're turning the page here at 250. 
250 to 500 is going to be, uh, we're going to look back and see that as our tangent era. Um, so, so Landon Donovan did an article this week or an interview and was basically like shitting on Weston McKinney for last cycle for, you know, what Weston did, which look, no one's like, yeah, what Weston did was good. You should go out before a game and break curfew, but it's like, all right, just kind of let it go. And yeah, and, and Landon, Landon was basically like, what if the, the team doesn't qualify because the U S you know, didn't win the game, didn't win the game against Canada. And to me, it's, it's like, yes, all of these points matter. And every game you can get three points or one point or zero. And if you don't get your full points, that's going to hurt you. But if we don't get three points against Costa Rica, there is still ample opportunity for us to qualify. You're just like, yeah. you got to tighten the belt a little bit and really, you know, you just have, have less, less room for mistakes. But you know, at this point, we'll still have more than half the cycle left. We'll still be in the middle, probably, of the group. So it's not like, oh, we're fucked now if we don't beat Costa Rica. Um, but it's it again. It's like at a certain point, these guys have to click, and we haven't seen any clicking. And it's you know six games of qualifying plus a Gold Cup plus a Nations League, and we're still dealing with the same shit that we were dealing with you know five months ago. Yeah. Uh, excellent lead. And then Palmer, five games down, sixth one coming up, Costa Rica at home. Uh, I have not looked forward into the next, what the next block is, but in general, here we are approaching the midpoint of the octagonal. How nervous are you for this U S men's national team to qualify for the world cup? Uh, so the goal is qualification, right? Qualify for the world cup. I am. I, I'm in the same place as I was last whatever pod that we did um, after the uh, Canada game where I was like, there's no way that we're not going to get at least top four. Play in game to the World Cup, have a one-off game. There's no way that we're not going to do that. I am, I'm not that nervous about our qualification of the World Cup. We will qualify for the World Cup. Um, the 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 larger question is is what type of team like how do we walk into this world cup what are we looking like are we going to like is it going to be a failure or is it going to be success i am not that nervous for us qualifying for the world cup maybe that's because my daughter finished another 90 mils of of uh of crushing uh, food of a bottle and and so i'm feeling just really positive um or I'm just stupid. Could be either. It could be either. But I'm not that nervous. Dan, I, I want to hear your answer before I, I weigh in. <laughs> I'm nervous because there isn't a big stratification of the teams around us yet. If there were, if Mexico was just winning every game and sucking points off of everybody else and pushing them down the table, I'd be happy about that. Right. Instead, they're drawing to Canada, um, which means Canada is still right around us on seven points. Um, Panama is uh, finding results and are with us at eight points. Costa Rica. I mean, these teams are Panama held Mexico to a draw uh, in Panama. Right. So like Mexico isn't helping us. Uh, and that part makes me nervous. 
Um, because if it's a really a dog fight, I don't think we're there for it. I think what we need is to like let our kind of intrinsic talent take us there, which we can do if there's not that much competition. If it comes straight down to competition, uh, I think we'll get outcompeted, and that makes me nervous. I'm still with Palmer. I think we're okay, but I'm I'm nervous. So are, are you guys? If you had to give like a percent chance of the u.s making the world cup right now what what numbers would you give just don't think about it just say a number 90 percent. 90 is what i'd say but it's a nervous 90 for me and it's a confident 90 for yeah. ryan it sounds a- like love it a minus baby love it um all right so in there so i'm nervous for for all the reasons we mentioned plus um all right sorry dan i'm gonna do another tangent i know you hate these but um Ugh. there's a scene in um fuck what is that movie called Sopranos, no, say Sopranos. Sopranos. What was that? What was the What was the baseball movie with Brad Pitt called? Oh, Moneyball. Money where there's a bunch of old scouts and they're talking about players and they're like, "Oh, he's got an he, yeah, the eye test. He's got an ugly girlfriend. He's no good." Um, and I yeah. I have no idea what Greg Berhalter's dating situation is, um, <laughs> but I feel like Greg does not believe in himself, and because of that, I think he does erratic things, like the Honduras, like star. behind the back bounce passes, <laughs> like left-handed like like wears you know flashy sneakers when he's like 48 years old uh like the honduras lineup um, Ooh, i feel like there are people listening to this and on this podcast that wow in about wow about 10 years better be worrying about their flashy hey, sneakers hey, just let me get to my point <laughs> like okay so here's another one so this is a thing that i think dan had a question about surprises that got cut because because there's too many tangents um but one of the surprises for me is that walker zimmerman who was not called into this camp not only starts both games but captains the team tonight which again if all these guys tonight were sacrificial players then it's like all right maybe it doesn't matter but what does that mean if you're not even going to call a guy into a camp and then there's some injuries and then all of a sudden he plays 180 minutes that to me doesn't make sense it's like i you know i get sometimes you're you're bringing in a, a a piece for a piece a tool for a tool as dan might say but you know why why would you take Miles Robinson who's been absolute rock and say yeah we're just we're just going to sit you and play this other guy who we didn't think was good enough so for me i don't think greg has a coherent plan and i think he doubts himself as he probably should cuz doesn't seem like maybe he's up for the challenge and so he's prone to just erratic decisions so that makes me very nervous you know i want someone a i want a great coach uh but if you're not going to be a great coach, at least like have a plan that you know you vetted with your assistants and the players, and everyone believes in. And if it doesn't work, we're going to stick with it because it's the right plan. Um, and I mean, obviously, you know, there's times when you have to abandon ship, but like it just feels like Greg is throwing shit to the wall and seeing what sticks, and that makes me very scared. With that said, I'm probably like eighty to eighty-five percent. <laughs> that that fifteen percent is it's a big fifteen. It's, it's like it's like 15. a pie chart, yeah, a nervy um, where it's like it looks like fifty fifty, but one side says eighty five and one side says fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, more uh, math and stats. I love it. Um, I that said, a nice win against Costa Rica, I think, makes me turn around and say. 
kind of, okay, this result away, it really was a sacrificial result. Seven guys rotated in. We were going to take whatever points we could get. We end up with six out of the window. Uh, you want, you know, you want to average two per game. Uh, that's what we did. We're fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it can all change so quickly. But, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's It feels like it's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Please, please uh, against Costa Rica. Please, 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 and please don't do a snowstorm and then have Grant Wall making up <laughs> names for it. I don't. Not now, Grant. Beef. <laughs> uh, Spencer, I think we touched on most of your uh, email throughout there. Uh, thank you for the email. Others, if you feel like uh, giving us an email, soccerthread at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought. Uh, how much you love Greg, how much you hate Greg, how much you love Wes, how much you hate Wes, uh, only how much you love Landon Donovan. I will have no hate. Any other thoughts? I mean, that's all I got. One, one thing that, that Spencer said is he really liked Wea after that first game, and I could not agree more. I'm ex- I want to yeah. see more Wea, uh when he can actually get the ball. Yep. I agree. Can't believe we've made this 250 episodes. Really incredible. incredible. Colin, wish you were here. It's beautiful. There's a, there's a Colin-shaped yep. hole in this episode, that's for sure. We made this for him because making something is one way to say, I love you, Colin. <laughs> we made this for him. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Cliff. Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.